Welcome to the Hot Lava Podcast. My name is Kevin A.C., the Padres beat writer. Jay Posner, sports editor of the Union Tribune. He joins me if you're with us on Facebook Live. Uh, he's the handsome gentleman in the Lake Elsinore storm hat. Uh, Jay, we have a lot to talk about with the Padres. First four games, they won three of them. They're getting on base at a 360-something clip. I'm sure you got the numbers there. I'm in San Francisco getting ready for the start of a three-game series. Things shift to the road. But before we get to the Padres, I mean, we we would be remiss to not talk about just the uh, the specter of the the possibility that this season, basically every game you're playing could be your last. Yeah, uh, sorry, Kevin. I, I'm scrolling Twitter here because I, I feel like at any moment, Ken Rosenthal or somebody is going to tweet that, you know, three more teams are, are in trouble here. But, you know, so far it's it's one really bad situation in Miami. And, you know, it became more interesting this morning with the Nationals saying they don't want to travel to Miami. I, I don't think it's really their choice. So it sets up an interesting situation for Rob Manfred and, and Major League Baseball right now. I mean, if, if they don't want to go, do you say, look, you got to go? If you, if you say, OK, you don't have to go, we're going to move the games to Washington. Now you've set a precedent for any team to say, we don't want to go to Miami. We don't want to go anywhere you yeah. know, kind of uh, kind of situation. Maybe teams don't want to come to California. You know, the, the Texas teams or Seattle or somebody like that. So not a good situation at this point. I think it was exacerbated on Sunday, the idea that the Marlins players could just say, you know, sort of have this group chat and decide, yeah, we're going to play, uh, even though uh, three or four of our teammates have, have tested positive. That was a, was a terrible decision and a real, I guess, a real lack of leadership from the Marlins, whether it's Don Mattingly or Derek Jeter or whoever in that organization. But they they can't be the players can't be making the decision like that. There's got to be a leader to step in and say, no, the, the protocol is we need to stop this right now and see what happened. And now it's just getting worse. I mean, what what are we up to now? Four, 15 players or something, I think, was the latest this morning. So, yeah, I thought it was uh, 14 or 15, and I'm very confused by that. And sometimes we got to be careful of these reports that come out. I, I mean, obviously, I've been focused on the Padres. But, yes, not only all the people that you mentioned in the Marvin's organization, but and I forget what the, the, the title is, but there's a person that's designated there to basically be in charge of these things. And it's like right. a, a trainer or the assistant GM. And it's somebody who has the authority, and it's based on – you know, okay, there have been tests. We have, there's someone in the organization who's been trained to be a contact tracer and mm-hmm. we've determined this and this and this. And there's also supposed to be a union representative that is is involved in this. So I think there's a breakdown in a lot of places that I'm absolutely confused by. And so right. that's always it's a mess. And the other thing is, I mean, I, and I, this is not to diminish in any way what might be going on, but are any of these players symptomatic or is everybody asymptomatic? I mean, how, not that they can't spread it to other people, but how dangerous is it? How sick are these people at this point? Uh, and, and it brings up, you know, beyond that, the Philadelphia situation, you know, the people in Philadelphia have been exposed. And I I saw in the story that we ran on our website yesterday and in the paper this morning from, from Bill Shaken in LA talking to an epidemiologist who said, look, Beyond the Marlins, who are in trouble here, the Phillies really should be quarantined until Friday or not allowed to play until Friday because, you know, these guys could have been exposed on Sunday. And it's usually two, three, four, even five days for an infection to show up. And, you know, they could be out there going out there and playing tonight and they could say, yeah, we tested negative two days in a row, but 
that doesn't mean they couldn't test positive on Thursday or Friday. You've got the um, Orioles who are supposed to it was to go to Florida, and right, so they got they there might, and then turned around and came back. So they might play in Baltimore. You've got the Yankees who are supposed to go to Philadelphia, but those games have been postponed. But then the Phillies are supposed to go to New York. So now you've got four teams that actually have to be going. Should we be getting on the field right now? Right. Right. So and, you know, they built in a lot of off days, or not a lot, but they built in off days. They Their schedule was as much as they possibly could with an eye toward this sort of thing. But when you start maybe talking four, five, six games. Yeah. yeah. And, and Jim Bowden, the former GM, made an interesting point this morning. I think he was the first one to bring it up and said, what if this was the Yankees or the Dodgers or the Cubs and it wasn't the Marlins? You know, it's easy for people and, and even I'm sure in – in subconsciously, if not consciously, in the MLB offices to say, well, it's the Marlins. But, you know, can you imagine the, the let's just say, the New York newspapers uh, and TV outlets and everybody that's based in that city, if this was the Yankees or, or the Mets uh, or the Red Sox or, or any, you know, one of the major, quote, major, major league teams, uh, would things be different right now? It's certainly something you have to think about. Well, it's something also, and, and I think you and I talked about this yesterday, and this is in no way to diminish. Look, we, we have to meld this the, the pandemic and the effects and positive tests and baseball because that's what we do. But you, you're talking about the Marlins here, and I did see Joe Girardi, the manager of the Phillies, uh, I think it was MLB radio, and I didn't get the entire context, but he said that he doesn't think it's the end of the world uh, if they don't get to 60 games. And I'm assuming mm-hmm. the context was – not every team has to play 60 games if it doesn't have playoff implications. So I'm just bringing that up to say that there is some there's some wiggle room in this whole deal. Well, and the other thing you have to think about a little bit is, okay, what if forget 60 games and saying that you know teams lose three or four games this week and they can't uh, and they're out of contention, let's say. But what if a team like the I'll just say the Yankees because everybody expects them to be really good. What if they lose 10 games? Uh, what if they lose 15 games? They can't make it up. But how do things work then? Do they? Do you base it on winning percentage? Uh, I think you know, it has I, to I'm go thinking back to the. I'm thinking to the the American Hockey League that uses this points percentage thing because their teams actually do play different uh, schedules in right. different divisions, and so you know there's a lot there. And I, I look, I haven't read the. The 113 or 115 pages manual. I'll tell like you, I know it's not you. addressed. Okay? It's not addressed. This is up to the commissioner. Okay. Well, that's, you know, so that's a, an interesting situation. You know, what does happen at that point if a, if a really good team misses out on, you know, eight or 10 games? There's no way you're going to be able to make that up and get that team to 60 games. No, absolutely not. That's where it's like, oh, 60 and 66. You're, you're boxed in. There's some there's some wiggle room and some certain things, but we'll see. And even the off days aren't going to match up, most likely. You know, so and and you know the Yankees and the Phillies aren't going to see each other again to pick a series this week. <clears throat> and let's say they don't have any off days that that match up. And I haven't looked at it, but there's a lot of different there's a lot of different issues that are that are arising here. So to wrap this up before we move on to the Padres, who did play four games, have another one uh, scheduled tonight, started a three-game series in San Francisco. The people that I talked to and the reports that I read yesterday, there was mentioned that, okay, this is why you made 60-man uh, player pools. This is mm-hmm. This was, to some extent, expected. However, 
It's the next dominoes that fall that will determine. And so far this morning, the dominoes are at least teetering. So it like so much since this whole thing began before the baseball season, I'm talking about the pandemic day to day. Yeah. And I think, like we said, one of the big things that's going to come up next here in the next couple of days is what does Rob Manfred do with the nationals and this, you know, this player vote. And, and I think the what, union needs to step in at some point I, I too, and not always say players are right. At some point, the union needs to say, guys, if we're going to get this done, if you're going to get to the playoffs where you got your 50 mil guaranteed, you know, mm-hmm. we are going to step in and we are going to make sure to the best of our ability, you're safe players. But we've got to, you know, Sean Doolittle doesn't run this thing. Max Scherzer doesn't run this thing. We, we got to do what's best for the uh, good of the game. And if what's best for the good of the game and good of the players is to not play, well, then okay. But the union right. bears responsibility here. Yeah, but no, I agree. They, 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 you can't just have the players on one team decide. We saw that over the weekend. And look where we got, you know, with the Marlins saying, oh, yeah, we're going to play. Now you have a, a, another situation with the players sort of deciding things. I mean, there needs to be some leadership in MLB and in the union and you're you're right about about all of that. So anyway, let's talk Padres. Well, before the Padres, Kevin, let, let's talk your trip here. You <laughs> you you left Petco Park yesterday afternoon, and you went to you went to Lindbergh Field. I have not been to an airport since all this happened, and I don't know what it's like. I don't know anybody who's well. I got, I know maybe one person who's been to an airport. What was it like at the airport in San Diego? What was it like? In San Francisco, I saw your newsletter this morning, which everyone should be reading. You talked a little about that, but for those who missed it and are going to go and sign up right after this, uh, tell them what they missed. No, if you don't get the newsletter, you don't get it. No, that's uh, <laughs> but but you really you should. I'm having a lot of fun with it. Um, I decided, by the way, I was going to you know put on a shirt, do my you know comb my hair and stuff. I said no, I got to give people the authentic road experience. I don't sit around in my hotel room all day dressed <laughs> with my hair combed. This is what I look like at whatever time it is. Okay. So uh, I'll tell you what, that Southwest terminal, it's not like a third world country anymore where people are, you know, sitting on top of each other and and, uh, on the floor and there's someone in every seat. It's almost empty. Nobody in TSA, nobody on the road in the Bay Area, which if uh, you've been here since the uh, dot com boom, you know, that's not the uh, the case. So, you know, I've been trying to look for small blessings in this whole thing. Um, It's going to be interesting. You know, I travel a lot, obviously, and and. I tell you what, it was clear right away that this is going to be unlike anything that that, I, that I've done. And was anything like I'm assuming everybody was everybody wearing masks at the airport? Rick, well, everyone wearing, for the most part, everyone married wearing masks. I mean, like ninety nine point nine percent. And I didn't check. The, people were doing something else on the plane. It's required. Middle seats okay. are open. You know, I got in there and you know I gave a little disinfecting to my to my area. Right. And, I would, uh, you, you've done that. I can I can vouch that this is not. COVID related. That is joke's on the rest is, of you. I've been a germaphobe forever. Absolutely. And you turned me into you turned me into one uh as well. So uh, well, which is not a bad thing to be to be careful. And I'm sure you're being even extra careful at, And the at one thing point. is that is good uh, for me, and you know what? This is obviously the design for for MLB, even though they're on chartered flights. There are no five hour flights anymore, right? So you get on there, you take a nap, and you wake up, and you're in your new city. All right, your your phrase: the uh, longest is going to be uh, to Denver, two and a half hours for uh, teams on the East Coast. If you're going New York, if anyone goes to Miami again, I guess you'll yeah. take a three-hour flight. <laughs> um, look, there's good good in it. It is definitely uh, unique. 
And uh, here they are. Uh, and by the way, people should check out Jeff Sanders' story in the Union Tribune, talking about uh, the challenges and some of the, the protocols that hopefully the Padres will follow better off the field than they are following on the field. Yeah, and, and Bryce Nord had a column about that. Uh, I, know, I, think just to, I think your longest flight, this, if I figured it right, your longest flight is from Dallas back to San Diego after trip to Texas. And you know what I always forget about? That flight to Seattle is not a short one. No, it's not. I, but in Seattle and Denver are about the same, and, and Dallas a little bit longer. But, uh, yeah, I do want to say, and you mentioned in the newsletter as well, that I thought Bryce was was really on target with his column today, talking about, you know, look, the Padres, this is not gotcha journalism or anything like that. It's just pointing out Padres have talked about how this could be a special season for them. So if that's the case, they need to watch each other and they need to police each other and they need to be careful and keep their distance and follow the protocols and and try not to, you know, try not to infect each other. And it's hard because it's emotional and people get excited and everything, but they need to do what they can. They can uh, be creative. Yeah, Just like they're absolutely. creative with their handshakes and everything, sure. they can be creative with their air celebrations. And I'm right. sure I was behind the scenes and saw how much uh, Bryce, uh, not fretted, but you know that he was trying to be responsible. <clears throat> like, you know, calling into the to the golf uh, course. I'm not saying that you shouldn't. I mean, golf is a game of rules, but, you know, people yeah. are. In a, a supposed rule violation because a leaf moved. That's not what Bryce was doing. These the players have this um, illusion, maybe a delusion of safety because of the little bubble they're in. All right, right. That because oh well, this guy's at the park and I'm fine. He's fine. Uh, I think the Marlins. I'm pretty sure the Reds, to a lesser extent, uh, have found out that is not the case. And you know, you can argue, hey, well, they're going to be on the plane with each other. Well, maybe the guy they're on the plane with, or whose air they breathe on the plane, isn't the guy who they high five who has COVID nineteen, who's going to give it yeah. to them. The prevention is to limit your risks, and and the, it's not just. I talk, I I saw some highlights, and I talked to people on other teams. The season start and the game started. Someone hit a home run, or made a great play, or at the end of games when they do their little chest bump and their handshake, mm-hmm. it's like they forgot in the heat of the moment on every. Yeah team and so it's not just the Padres but anyway all right no. and let's say the Padres had lots of reasons to celebrate over these four games and and I mean they were this close to really to getting a sweep but you know you'll take three wins out of four uh, every time I mean I thought the only the only negatives that really come to mind off the top of my head were Emilio Pagan has not been good in either of his uh, outings which is surprising Kirby Yates was not good in his second outing on uh, Sunday and those two you know, those two really hurt on Sunday. But as you pointed out in your story that day, what really hurt that day was some really poor hitting and, and not taking advantage of opportunities. But in general, the Padres did that really well. So we should we should talk more about the three wins probably than the one loss. So what did what did you like about what you saw this weekend? I'll I'll start the, the I thought the starting pitching was very good. You know, Lucchese certainly wasn't great yesterday, but he wasn't terrible. And, and I thought that, you know, that was a good move to get him out there. I mean, you've got Cal Quantrill in the bullpen and a, a rested bullpen, and those guys all came through. But what I thought the top three guys all threw the ball really well. Yes, the kind of games, and again, it's one game, just like Kirby Yates and Pagan is a small sample size. It's one start for Chris Paddock and Nelson Lamette and Garrett Richards. But those are the kind of starts that – 
go, wow, that's what a contending team has right there. Uh, and then, hey, so your number four or five starter, whatever Joey is, he went fourth, but Zach Davies today, um, mm-hmm. with the structure of the season and with the bullpen you have, that's not a terrible way to approach a game. Good for them. What stood out to me, and here's how I base everything, whether it's uh, in life, in baseball, whatever. If you do what you tell me you're going to do, then that means a lot to me. And the Padres said they were going to be better at the plate. They were going to have more discipline, be selective, fight off two-strike pitches, and that's what they did for four games. So that was super, super impressive. Yeah, I mean, I, I thought the number of full counts that they went to, the first, especially the first couple games. Uh, first, three first three games, games 39. First, 39 in three games, and, and I think it was, might have been 27 in the first two, I think. It was pretty balanced through the, through the three, but that was – that was impressive. I, I can't say that I, as if speaking strictly as a fan, I can't say that I enjoy that many pitches and games going three and a half hours. And I certainly don't like it as a as a newspaper editor for night games. But look, if the, the Padres don't care about that. And, and I don't think fans care about that. They care about winning games. And teams like the Dodgers and the Yankees have shown that that's a way to succeed is to grind pitchers down and and you use that expression in your stories through the weekend, not so much on Friday night, but Saturday, Sunday, Monday. They got all of the Arizona starters out but what was it, before the fifth inning in those games. And, you know, a couple of those guys are pretty good pitchers. I mean, Robbie Ray and, and Zach Gowan have, have had plenty of success. And Luke Weaver, uh, you know, was pretty good last year as well. And the Padres got those guys to throw a lot of pitches that were out of the strike zone. And look, the umpiring was in midseason form. There were a lot of bad calls. And pitchers that were outside the zone, Tatis especially, got a couple bad calls, although the one he got most upset about was in the strike zone. But, uh, uh, hey, the, one- but the pitch before it was called a ball in the strike zone. Right. More in the strike zone than the one that – anyway. I know. I'm not so, anyway, but <laughs> yeah, the idea was, you know, to get the pitchers out of the game and take advantage of that. And in three out of the four games, you know, they took advantage of their opportunities with, with big hits. I mean, I think you pointed out they've got four at-bats with the bases loaded so far this season, and three times a guy has stepped up and cleared the bases. You know, Hosmer did it twice in the opener. Tatis did it yesterday. You know, that's that's pretty good success rate. Uh, obviously, again, everything we say today is, is with the caveat of a small sample size. But, you know, four games, Padres are basically eight and three if this was a 162-game season. And, you know, you, you would take that all the time. Yeah. And, you know, with the short season, they let's say they have a successful series here and a successful series against the Rockies. They go to play in the Dodgers and they are eight and whatever it is, six at that point. Or I don't know. I haven't done the math. It's uh, <laughs> clearly. You know, yeah. Eight, eight and four. I don't know. Uh, but uh, that, that's pretty darn good. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Math doesn't matter. And it's hard. Uh, but th- that's, that's a pretty good start, especially considering uh, the short season. What else did you like? That, that was, you know, the, the fielding outside of the, you know, pitchers uh, was pretty good. I, I, again, the two strike hitting, I, I, it, it was super impressive. And now I do want to see what happens here. Tatis, he was far more selective than he's been. He's a big first pitch guy. He's a big mm-hmm. – there were some looking strikeouts. Same with Manny. Now, I think Manny got kind of – you know, Manny had some bad calls too, especially on yeah. the mm-hmm. It's hard sometimes 
to meld discipline with being who you are as a hitter. So, you know, just it's our job, Jay, just like you, you know, you mentioned Yates and Pagan. We, we need to talk about, well, what, what could go wrong? Let's not get caught up here in just four games. So there's some things I'm keeping an eye on. I'm not terribly concerned. Look, a lot of good teams strike out a lot. Are they good strikeouts or are they bad strikeouts? Right. Right. Are there so many in bad situations? You know, are you not putting the ball in play enough? Look, an out is an out at some point. And if it was a seven pitch strikeout, which there were many of those, and you're also getting on base because there are seven pitch walks, well, mm-hmm. then it's working out if you're scoring five runs a game. So, right. But there are things to keep an eye on. Tommy Pham seems to be off to a little bit of a slow start at the plate. But again, we're looking at one, you know, at one series. You know, again, it's it's all important, but it's, it's one series. You know, I thought Grisham, you, you noted, made a great adjustment to turn on an inside pitch. Yesterday, you know, they got home. Uh, Myers hit a home run. Uh, Machado hit a home run. Hosmer, when he's been healthy, has been outstanding at the plate. I mean, hitting hitting the ball in the air, driving in runs. You know, we, we talked about the guys they were going to need to be really good if they were going to be good. And Hosmer was one of them. And, and the two games he's played, he's, he's come through and, and done a great job. Uh, at the plate, so and Will Myers, and Will Myers had a couple high-profile bad at bats. One yeah. pitch, uh, with the bases loaded after everybody and you know the roster had walked, and then he he uh, grounds out weakly to, to third base, and then at the end of the game yesterday, and and I think there were some strikeouts that you know whatever they happen, but we've seen Will do it a lot. But he's also hit the ball hard, and he's hit the ball well, and so I think that that that's a good start. Look, they have a catcher conundrum. That's the word I used in the newsletter today. I was just gonna get. I was just gonna get to that, but go ahead. You know, uh, it, it's got to be better. That that said, they won three out of four, <laughs> and if, if everyone else is getting on base, not everybody can be hot. I mean, that's the upside right. to it. The downside to it is you've got a hole in the lineup at catcher, and right. that is a potential problem. Yeah, I mean, if if you're the Padres, you're just thinking we just got to get one of these guys to even be decent. I'll tell you what, both will play is code for. Both will play if they have to, as exactly. in you know, fifty fifty split. No one's going to catch hundred percent of games. No one's going to catch ninety percent of games. But it's some guy in a sixty game season, especially if he's hot, he's playing eighty percent of the games. Yeah. But somebody's got to get hot. I mean, and and the odds of it being Hedges are a lot worse than the odds of it being Mejia. But look, I, you know, Mejia had a good run for a time last year, but he hasn't proven himself, to me at least, as, you know, a long-term answer either as a long-term major league, did, right? major league hitter. We talk about him like he is, or and, and, and I think a lot of people do. And yeah. In my head, like, sometimes, oh, wait, I got to make sure I keep this in perspective here. He did. He had a phenomenal, like, when he came back June, I think into August, or I think it was in Cincinnati, and his OPS was like eleven hundred. Yeah. Right, right. And, um, and but that's not. You're one hundred percent right. That's not proven over time. Like over time, and it has not proven over like a whole season. And it hasn't been proven this year. So it's. But but I think what happens is we contrast it to what Austin Hedges has done for most of his career, and go well. At least there's potential here. Exactly. Um, <laughs> but that hasn't that hasn't shown might be at the top of the list of things that you want to keep an eye on going yeah forward. no i would i would agree um i i have to admit i did not even look to see who the giants are pitching this week i, I know davies goes against samarja tonight and then i know the padres are throwing Paddock Paddock and Lamenta. tomorrow Paddock what who's that Guido. 
Okay. Yeah. That'll be, be a good. That'll be a good test. Uh, yeah. Cueto threw well the other night, although for a limited, he, he wasn't in all that long. Denelson Lamette goes on Thursday. And look, the Giants, everybody thought they would be terrible. They did nothing to disprove that. The first two games, they went out and lost, you know, to the Dodgers 8-1 and 9-1. And then all of a sudden over the weekend, they, they beat the Dodgers two in a row. So doesn't necessarily mean they won't still be terrible. But look, it just shows that in this game, you know, it's, it's such a stupid cliche, but on, on any given day, the worst team could beat the best team and could split a series with the best team, and, and that's that's what happens. So it's not like the Padres have it easy the next three nights uh, going against the Giants or or even the Rockies, who who won two out of three in their first series. Yeah, I mean, let's let's remember how many times. I mean, the Padres were 3-1 and one last year. I think this is a different <laughs> team. Even early yeah. last year, there were some things like – Okay, you know, Nick Margavichis, uh, that's not Denelson Lamette. Uh, you know, there was some, they came back, they, they were winning these close games, and you knew that, that that was a house of cards that they were built on last year. I didn't know they were going to tumble like they did in the yeah. last two months, but you knew they were not a contender last year. I think this team is a contender uh, for sure. So, it, but let's remember how many times it's been like, wow, things are lining up well on paper for the Padres. It's been a few times for as bad as they've been, and they haven't worked out, obviously. I do want to point out, and I wish I knew for sure, but I think it's four or five of these seven NL West titles in a row. The Dodgers were not in first place after 60 games. Right, Stuff happened, right. man, and they don't have the greatest bullpen. So, this well, is and they just and they, they just put Alex Wood on the injured list as well. So they're obviously having their uh, their problems as well. And here we are going to finish this by bringing it full circle and say, at any moment. Things that are happening to other teams could happen to the Padres, too. For sure. Guys, thanks for joining us. Good to see you. Thanks, everyone. Stay safe, Kevin. We'll talk to you on Friday from Denver. Thank you.